it's Zakia and Xanthi, the co-host of Kindergeist, and we have a very special guest today, which is a singer, songwriter, actress, aerialist, and iconic 13-year-old Alicia Liston. I'm so happy because this is like the first episode and second season we have of this podcast, and we have the most beautiful and amazing person to start us off with a fresh new start. So like literally everything is going amazing. I'm so excited that everyone can hear how like wonderful she is and like how inspiring. I wonder if she's tired of hearing that. <laughs> she's just amazing. I'm sure she has impacted so many lives with her platform and her voice. For sure she has impacted or inspired and impacted me. Enjoy the conversation with Miss Alicia Liston. Enjoy. You have entered Kindergeist, a horror podcast for kids and ghouls. <laughs> I do know that you watch um, The Owl House and Amphibia, which it was actually on my list of to watch when I was looking at my IMDb list. It said The Owl House. Yeah, it was listed as like one of the animation horrors. So I was like, oh, yeah, it's a horror show. Owl House. Absolutely. I love that show. (laughs) I'm obsessed with it. Um. (laughs) Before we get too deep into our conversation, can you give like a little brief intro of who you are to our listeners? Well, uh, hi, everyone. Uh, I'm Alicia Liston. Um, I'm a 13-year-old songwriter, actor, and aerialist. And uh, yeah. (laughs) Alicia actually is a really great horror actress, too. Like, you've been in a couple of horror stuff. Yeah, (laughs) Not that I'm trying to be, like, mentioning my stuff, but that's how... (laughs) Yes, we love Aubergine. I'll be team forever. Absolutely. (laughs) And uh, when I showed my film when I was still at USC, uh, everybody was so impressed with your acting. They were like, she's like Stranger Things level uh, actor. So (laughs) so (laughs) (laughs) I remember when uh, we were working together, um, I was so impressed with how articulate you were about like how you choose um, what stories you want to act in. And can you talk a little bit about like the horror genre? like your relationship with it for um horror horror fantasy i i will say i'm more into the like fantasy fandom i probably know more about fantasy than i do horror and then there's horror fantasy combined although i will say with horror i really like i would say like horror for a purpose um if that makes sense i feel like I love um, psychological horror in a lot of ways. I think that is super cool, especially when it ties into like the character and such and what they're going through on a personal level. And I love how horror and fantasy brings that to life with imagery you couldn't have in a realistic setting. And I will say with horror for me, how I kind of choose What I necessarily want to act in is that I generally don't do um, too much of the, I think it was really nicely summed up in a State Farm commercial. Um, (laughs) Now, quoted by State Farm, should we get in the running car or hide behind the chainsaws? Let's hide behind the chainsaws. (laughs) 
Um, I, I mean, I totally respect the slasher genre and I think it's super well shot and well written and such, but for me, I personally love doing more parts that focus on psychological horror rather than slasher films. So, uh, yeah, that's for me, my thing. And in terms of watching anything, I'm an absolute scaredy cat. Yes, you can make fun of me. I am terrified of watching horror. (laughs) (laughs) No, we're not going to make fun of you at all. (laughs) It's okay. Um, I was just wondering, what other like films have you seen that has to do with like mental health type of horror? Aubergine was a very lovely one, which um, talked quite a bit about raising awareness for depression. So that was an amazing one. I will say um, in terms of films I've seen with um, that talk a lot about kind of mental health, I haven't seen too many of them, actually. I have um, kind of, as we were saying, like Owl House and Amphibia, that does talk a little bit about those kinds of topics. In terms of other things I've acted and I have done a couple of films which were around Alzheimer's. So that talked a bit about that. I did a play called Mirandal, Mirandal or Mirandal, although that talked a bit about Alzheimer's. And then Marie was another USC film I did, which also talked about Alzheimer's. But outside of that, I haven't seen too many in media or I don't know where to look. Um, so, uh, yeah, I, that'd be actually really cool if I got to see more of that. So, you know, (laughs) yeah. On the topic, since you both brought up mental health, um, your music in particular is always like surrounding these important themes, like, you know, depression and suicide and like that, which I think is so important and great because our older generation, I feel like, uh, are afraid to bring those topics up to younger audiences or younger people. But it's the fact that it happens to everyone. It's like age is not, it's not going to be like depression's not going to go after kids. You know, it's a a thing that's universal. So like, can you talk about like your kind of perspective on why these um, important topics um, are geared towards people your age and younger? I feel like it's a topic that, you know, should definitely be discussed with kids because um, especially like kids, teenagers, um, especially because it's really quite prominent, to be quite honest. It's sad, but it is, you know, reality. But as a teenager, one of the kind of, I guess, scariest things in a lot of ways is dealing with all this stuff and watching it all around me and not getting any guidance on what to do, how to cope with it. And hence why I really wanted to, you know, start writing music that is about that and discusses it. Um, Because I feel like in writing my music, then I feel like I'm kind of helping to share what has gotten me through that kind of things. And maybe that's, you know, helping another kid who, you know, feels like they're not alone and it can be a really empowering thing. And I've gotten, you know, a couple people who've told me like so-and-so lyric really relates to them and such. And frankly, it helps me not to feel alone either. Yeah. That's so like noble of you. And like, I like how humble you are. You're like laughing. on (laughs) No, it's it's great. Yeah. I admire how you are with your like mental health and the way that like you use your platform as helping people with like depression or like who are suicidal and stuff and like those type of things who struggle with mental health but I just really wanted to know is there any new music coming out 
Yes. Um, so <laughs> in terms of new stuff, I'll give you the scoop. Although I had um, currently I'm releasing quite a bit of um, performance videos and covers and stuff, visuals to go with the last EP, Beautiful Illusion. But um, I will say in the background, I am working on another EP which I am um, planning to start releasing more information on. Um, But you can stay tuned for that probably later this year. So yeah. (laughs) I'm super excited. Oh my God. (laughs) And also, I really like how you add, like, personally, I love mental health, like talking about it and helping out people with it. And I also love music. So the way that you kind of form those two together to help educate people really, like, is very inspiring. Oh, I think you guys froze. Yeah. I don't know if you hear us. Hi. Hello. Okay. Hello. Oh, it's kind of, do you hear me? I do. Yeah. I was like, and I'm reading the, your internet connection is unstable. I'm like, I'm aware. (laughs) (laughs) Zakia was just saying that um, it's really inspiring, like what you do. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. I just, I feel like it's really important to find in a way, I feel like um, kind of my music is kind of become a weird support group in a lot of ways, but it feels really cool to be able to talk about that kind of stuff with other teens and such, and just to, you know, connected about it because it is it is what's going on. So it's great to encourage other people about it and to, you know, share advice and stuff. I feel like that's super empowering. Oh, totally. And music is therapeutic in itself. So it's like perfect. Do you, um, since you mentioned earlier that like these things are happening and it's like unfortunately the norm with a lot of younger people, I'm curious to hear if there's anything else like things that the older generation wouldn't know and they assume that you feel like is totally incorrect and you want to set the record straight. (laughs) (laughs) I will say, um, so uh, one of the things is I feel like with Um, the older generation and such one of the which I mean I have respect for the generation of course Um, (laughs) although I feel like and it's obviously you know it depends who the person is I can't say the same for everyone like I mean I am literally best friends with my grandfather we Mm. go on for hour-long conversations actually like just before this I was like talking for I think like one hour possibly an hour and a half with him (laughs) um although one of the things I that would be nice for a lot of just parents teachers in general to know is just really the awareness of it that just because we are you know teenagers just because we are kids doesn't mean that we don't experience big emotions and it doesn't mean that we don't have problems going on in our lives just because we don't pay rent and we don't pay taxes. One of the things is with being a teenager, um, I think I kind of said, I mean, you are shoved into an adult world. You're shoved into, you know, now you're dealing with like rejection, bullying, grief, you know, stuff like that. And it, the thing that hurts the most is being told like, well, you don't understand because you're just a kid. Or just kind of brushing it aside, like, well, you don't have it that hard. Um, There's people who have it worse than you, which I mean, I, it it just totally invalidates what you're going through. And I mean, you wouldn't tell that to another adult or mean, if you would, then I, I don't know. But just, I guess, feeling like I wish that people would understand that even though I 
might be 13, it doesn't mean that I am not a human. <laughs> it doesn't mean that I am 24 seven happy. It doesn't mean that I don't experience grief. Thank you for being so vulnerable and like offering that. Um, I'm seeing a lot of par parallels um, to Zakia and I have conversations about that a lot too. Right. I just wanted to know like, if you, for the teenagers that are listening to this podcast, I just want to know, what would you tell them if they were going through mental health or there's something going on with their family and how would, like, how would you, what, like, what type of advice, advice would you give them as if they're going through something like that? The biggest thing I feel like, um, and I'm obviously not an expert, I'm not a doctor, um, but the biggest thing that I feel like has helped me personally is learning to love yourself. And um, because I feel like if the world around you is broken or suffering, the least you can do is make your mind a safe space or have at least some kind of safe space. I feel like in our fantasy stories and things like that, we've been told that, you know, we there's like a third act where we magically fight cartoony villains and such. But really, I feel like the biggest monsters that you face are in your own head. So if you can make your head a safe space and learn to listen to yourself and learn to love yourself, that is a huge thing. Because the last place you want to be is feeling like you're a prisoner to your own body, um, because that's something you're not going to be able to escape. Um, so if you can figure out, and it's obviously a slow journey, it's not automatic, um, but if you can figure out how to slowly start listening to yourself and figuring out how to respect yourself and to love yourself, that is a major accomplishment. So that's kind of what I try to talk about a lot in my music as well, is kind of journeying towards self-love and such. So, Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, everyone should go listen to Alicia because she's a very smart young woman. And <laughs> Thank you. Like everyone take her advice, please. That's so like true. Like you you have your own body. You're gonna live in that for like the rest of your life. Like might as well just love yourself and just be the best person you can be. No one's perfect and whatever you're going through, we love you. So <laughs> Yeah, and that that's so like well said, because um, like the horror for a lot of people is really like what we created ourselves, unfortunately, which uh, brings me to your uh, song, Distorted Reality, which is uh, all about like being a prison of your own mind. Yeah, exactly. Distorted Reality is very much about like um, emotional extremes. So for me, at least, I've kind of found that um, in myself, which is something I'm working on, is I have like two stages of mind. I'm either super happy, like uh, over the top happy or like just in a dumper and like just not feeling great. <laughs> and one of the things I've been trying to work on is recognizing when that's happening so that I can then be able to do something about it. Um, so distorted reality was kind of bringing awareness to what that feels like. And for that one, yeah, it's kind of bringing awareness to how to deal with it, really. It's so great that you're already um, doing that because like a lot of adults still can't even 
comprehend that that's what's happening to them. Again, like a lot of your work is uh, rooted in meaning. Like when you're choosing stuff, it has to have like something good that it, that you're putting into the world. Yeah. And I mean, if and with like um, just emotional extremes, it is a scary thing to go through. It's um, I mean, it is, you know, just being in states of sadness can be really scary a lot of times. And so the thing with that, I mean, even one of my lyrics is like the pre-chorus is must be nice to not be choking on what's eating me inside. It is it. I mean, it's one of those things that can be horror in your own head. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Can you talk about like, how do you manage like your mental well-being, but then um, having so many creative outlets and school? Well, I will say um, with kind of managing my mental well-being, as I kind of have said, it is, you know, obviously a process to, you know, learn how to find a good relationship with yourself. But I feel like my music is a huge outlet for me. So it's nice because when I am basically like venting to my songbook, it's therapy, but also productive at the same time. So that's really cool. Um, and I'm super lucky that I have my music, which, you know, has really been helpful for me. School is school. Um, (laughs) it cuts out my time. Um, and it's, it's there. (laughs) Although um, I will say though, I do actually like school. I'm taking ASL this year and that's been super cool. And that's actually been like really fun is because that kind of extra classes brought me so much joy, like so much inexplicable joy whenever I learn a new sign. So, I mean, school, it does take time, but I feel like school, it can pair with your mental health. I will say then when it comes to like math, you just need to get it done. It's not going to be enjoyable. (laughs) It's, you just need to get it done. But I, it's more of a time management thing rather than anything else. I mean, I'm constantly working on trying to figure out, okay, what emotion am I feeling right now? How are we going to take that and regulate it? And to, you know, basically not feel like in a dump or anything like that. And uh, I've pretty much been slowly working on that. I'm glad that school is really well for you, especially do homeschool, your homeschooled. It's definitely different from going to real school like I do. I'm glad that it's all working out with you and like how you're happy you're taking those extracurricular things. I just wanted to know, like, is there any subjects that are like kind of harsh in a way? Like, I know you mentioned math is like you just have to get it done, which I completely agree. But I will say I for me, I do not like math. So for me, kind of my struggle there is a lot of times I it's weird. It's, I am told that I am skipping over things and, you know, not seeing things here and there. So I will make a lot of stupid mistakes, even if I know how to do the concept. But for that one, I've kind of, I guess that's one of the things I am still working on is figuring out how to make it more enjoyable. But from what I've been doing, I've kind of, at least so far, I've been just gritting my teeth and getting it done. Um, I feel like it's a precursor to taxes. Um, so I wish I had better advice for that, but that's at least what I'm currently doing. Um, but I understand for, um, a lot of people, school is very much a chore and often you feel like you're not learning a lot. And I am the same way with certain subjects. Like I wonder which one, and then with (laughs) other subjects, um, like ASL, I find really enjoyable. 
Um, but school for me has been more of a time management thing. I know. I mean, I am super lucky that I'm homeschooled. So yeah, I wish I had better advice for how to navigate subjects you don't like, but unfortunately I don't. (laughs) No, I think that's accurate. That gritting your teeth through, that's what I've done for most of my years. So, (laughs) 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 but, um, As far as like subjects you do enjoy, I know you are writing a psychological thriller. Like, can you talk more about that? Actually, yeah. So I have, I actually just finished chapter one today. Um, So milestone. Um, So um, that one, um, it's, it's totally for fun. It's a hobby. I, I don't know. I might release it when I'm older. I'll have to see. But it's about a girl named Lucilla who is living in 1833. And I can totally like talk for hours about medical history in the 1830s. (laughs) Um, And so um, pretty much the whole story is about her navigating the death of her father. And um, her father's death ties into her work, uh, his work. And so uh, the whole thing is that she believes he had some kind of disease and she's trying to figure out what that disease is. And he was a doctor because um, so his project was how to cure his disease. And she's trying to figure out, trying to figure out how to cure said disease while also navigating through tons of grief. And that is a very tiny synopsis I can go into a lot more, but, uh, yeah, I'm pitting my 20 year old self. If I ever do release it, I'm not giving spoilers. (laughs) (laughs) I would say you don't even have to wait till you're adult. I feel like you could release it when you're a teenager. (laughs) I mean, I could, but then there's part of me that's like, I mean, I want to like keep editing it and editing it and editing it till it's perfect. (laughs) I, I, my uh, producers and I literally have this joke of if it hasn't been rewritten 17 times, it hasn't been made by Alicia Liston. Because um, I just keep on editing. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I might, I might just keep it as something for myself and just as, you know, a self project. But yeah, exploring Lucilla's character has been super fun. I, I'm also when you said that you could talk for hours about 1833 medical, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, that's a, <laughs> that's such a specific uh, like topic. I'm so curious, like how that happened. So I mentioned Lucilla's dad was a doctor. So when writing um, the book, I've been having to learn. I really wanted to make it something really realistic to the time period because that was always one of like my pet peeves when watching movies is I'm like, oh, it's I really love the aesthetic of it, but it's not like accurate. (laughs) Um, So I looked into 18th century medical history and to, you know, make it super accurate and such. And what's so cool about it is that we have totally shifted our ideas of like um, just the medical industry in the course of 200 years. Like they had no idea germs existed until the 19th century. So like one of the big things is they always believe like diseases came from bad airs. Mm -hmm. So yeah, 
I'm still uncertain of what a bad air necessarily is, but I'm like, okay. (laughs) Um, That's been a really cool topic to research. It's very interesting. (laughs) Oh man, that's super fascinating though. Yeah, I might have to research on that. (laughs) It's super like cool topic like I it some of it does get uh, a little gory um although it's like uh yes I I know you love horror and gore I'm like yes <laughs> although it's like honestly I don't know why it's calming for me to like research in my spare time <laughs> I'm just like and this disease was like you know did this and this and that and this is how they tried to go about curing it which probably only made it worse and this happened and <laughs> it's I don't know why I do that in my spare time. I do. It's fun. (laughs) There's something about like reading about like dark things or even like how a lot of people like reading about true crime. Yeah, like just just like sitting and relaxing, falling asleep to true crime. Yep. (laughs) I love like listening to true crime. I've been so obsessed with it lately. I don't know why. (laughs) I haven't listened to a lot of it. I've there's part of me that like really wants to get into it. Oh and my god! The other side of me Good. that's like, I'm gonna get nightmares from that. Um, <laughs> but I have seen like a couple stuff like stumble across like my um, for you page and such, and I'm like, it's so interesting. No, I have. I'll. I'll it's relaxing. <laughs> I'll send you this YouTuber I've been watching. She does like true crime and makeup. So while it's kind of like comforting because. She's not really showing you a bunch of, like, the murder scenes or, like, what point A, point B, you know? But it's really comforting. I'll send it to you, definitely. I think, like, also along the lines of that, I love, um, like, horror, especially when it's, like, Alfred Hitchcock. One of my favorite um, writers is Alfred Hitchcock, who never shows the scene where somebody necessarily dies. But then, like, it's so much scary because you're making it up in your head. (laughs) But Alfred Hitchcock, the one horror writer I know. (laughs) Um, So, yeah, I I love when, like, it doesn't necessarily show it. So you're, like, imagining it. (laughs) Probably makes it scarier. Yeah, absolutely. Um, It's so much scarier when you create the idea of like what is there versus like something that's all in your face and looks fake or whatever. I'm also shocked that you love Alfred Hitchcock because I'm like, oh, why you keep getting cooler and cooler? You know, (laughs) I'm flattered. Thank you. (laughs) But I know we're like nearing our time, but I just want to hear like, uh, how did you discover Hitchcock and like what like work of his you enjoy? Um, I will say Alfred Hitchcock was something my beloved grandfather introduced me to. Um, so he's been kind of helping like editing the book and like feeling like, oh, maybe you could do like this here and like maybe this scene can go here. Although he's had some really cool input on that. Although he was like, you know, your writing is kind of like Alfred Hitchcock in a weird way, like not showing anything gory. But then it being like super gory as well, but like imagination type gory. So um, I saw I don't have like I don't have Netflix or Hulu or like Disney Plus or any of the cool programs, Um, (laughs) although I can see like clips from YouTube and such. So I watch a lot of clips from um, Birds and Psycho and they were like super well shot. And I'm like. Yes. (laughs) Yes. <laughs> yes. So yeah, I am 
I'd like to call myself an Alfred Hitchcock fan. I've seen clips. Can I say I have seen a full movie strung together? Not necessarily, but I will call myself a fan and I will capitalize on that. (laughs) (laughs) No, I love that. And I especially love that um, you have such a close relationship with your grandpa. Like that's such a, like a rare and beautiful thing that like, especially, um, you know, being younger, I wish I like had spent more time with my grandparents before they passed away. And I just didn't have like, uh, well, I also lived far away from them. So that was another thing. But that's beautiful that you're sharing a creative like outlet together. So yeah, I, I really love him a lot. So uh, it, Grandpa, if you're watching this, hi. And Titanic, he gets that reference. <laughs> <laughs> Titanic. Um, I just wanted to know, where can people find you on social media? Like, do you want to plug anything? Do you want to like say <laughs> anything, your last words? Um, well, um, you can find me on a lot of streaming platforms such as uh, Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, whatever you listen to. Um, so you can listen to um, my music and in particular, um, the newest EP, Beautiful Illusion there. There shall be some more music upcoming in the next year. I do also have social media. I have Instagram, uh, TikTok, and also I recently opened uh, Patreon. Um, so that's been something I'm super excited about. So if you um, are able to contribute to Alicia Listen, that would be absolutely amazing. In addition, I also have a website, which is Alicia List and Music. Um, I have an email list you can sign up for to hear about all the latest releases. Um, And all of that should be under A-L-I-S-H-A-L-I-S-T-O-N and music. (laughs) So, yeah. (laughs) Thank you so much, Alicia, for being here. And uh, to people who are listening, I seriously think Alicia is going to be running the industry one day. She's like a genius. (laughs) Yeah, I think the same too. I feel like you're going to be producing like everything and I'm going to be asking you for a job one day. Like seriously. No. (laughs) Thank you so much though. That means means a ton. Of course. Thank you again. And uh, Zakia, you can uh, roll us out. Oh, yeah. Okay. This is my part, guys. (laughs) I'm so excited. Okay. Okay. Oh, by the way, you guys are the first. Oh, yeah. I already told you this, but Alicia is actually our first person for season two, episode one. So. Oh, wow. Oh, wow. I'm honored. Hi. (laughs) Okay. Hi. Yeah. (laughs) Well, anyways, thank you guys so much for listening. Please subscribe to our podcast and add us on Instagram, Twitter and TikTok. Search Kinderguys Podcast and remember you are loved and you're a baddie and remember to always live on the fright side. Bye guys! Bye.